Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. Woo-woo! Hump day? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Jake Scott with you live from our Vivint Smart Home Arena studios. Austin Horton across the glass from me and safely social, social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only Gordon Monson. Hello, Gordon. Hi, Jakester. How are you today? Hanging in there, buddy. How about yourself? I'm doing the same. It's been a, a decent day. Lots going on. A little cooler today. I don't want to give the uh, daily weather report, but uh, I, uh, I'm i looking forward to the warmer weather. That's isn't just it, the way uh, I am. Isn't it like the first time in two months or something it's rained, though? It, it's it probably really? a, it, it, It's like record-setting uh uh, spring weather here with no rain so i think it's uh, we might miss the warmth for a day or two gordon but i think the rain's a good thing i suppose we do need some rain right <laughs> going I mean. in spring going uh <laughs> over a month without rain that doesn't sound good no, no probably not you got me there yeah now anyway. in summer maybe that's a little bit more common but i i know that we complain about the inconsistent uh, utah weather in the spring but well, we need a little bit of it, right? <laughs> a, little, a, little bit, a little bit of rain uh, would not be bad. So that's good. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad. And my, my allergies are happy uh, about that, too. Oh, really? Is it better when, it's not, when it rains? So that's it's kind of a double-edged sword. Yes, it is better when it rains because it knocks all that pollen out of the air, right? But then, of uh-huh. course, it you know waters the plants that create the pollen. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's better. It's a vicious it's, cycle. It's better today. Now, uh, over the next week, it might get a little worse. I don't know. But uh, so at least you're today, it's better. Your, your, your allergies would be better if, if it didn't rain, the plants all died, and no pollen would be in the air. <laughs> right, right. Yes, that's what I'm, I'm rooting for is an actual <laughs> scorched earth. <laughs> that would be yeah it would not make, good it would make spring so much more tolerable but jake <laughs> the place would look like uh the sahara but jake would be in a much better uh physical state at least i would be feeling good and that's all that matters of course mm, uh but right. no i i think we needed the rain so let's let's put up with the low 60s for a couple of days gordo and probably better for us all huh yeah uh, okay is that what it is? Because when I checked earlier, it was 57 degrees. Let me uh, let me check and see right now. Yeah, please, see what's please going do. On. Give us another. We have uh, actually it says 55 in Salt Lake City. Hmm. All right. Well, 
It's not snowing. That's the main thing. It certainly is not. All right, we have a busy day today. We do. Steve Hummer is going to be on the show today, Gordon, at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. He writes for the um, Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and he had an interview with Tom Glavin that is making national news. And he's going to be on the show today at the top of the 4 o'clock hour talking about uh, baseball and uh, their players union and how that's really going. And there's some comparable stuff out there, actually, to the NBA, and we'll kind of talk about that throughout the show. But very much looking forward to talking to Steve Hummer coming up at 4 o'clock. At 4.30, our good friend uh, Michael Lisa will drop by the show. And then at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, Gordy Chiesa will be on with us. And uh, I'm excited to get Coach Chiesa's take on on the docu-series with Michael and the Bulls. Yeah, I mean, if you when you talk with the guys who who uh, were on the jazz side of things when all that was going on, I, I sense from all of them uh, a, a deep respect, but the competitive thing that's inside of them. It, it, the, I'm not saying that they haven't recovered from it. They have. They're all well-adjusted people, but it's still, uh, I think it sticks in their crawl because they know it was an opportunity lost. And and you're going up against the best that ever was. I get that. And he's going to take advantage of his opportunities. But I feel, and this is just the sense I get in talking to, to both coaches and players and those who were around the team, that they feel like it could have gone differently. Right. Well, we'll get we'll get coach's take on of it on it coming up at the top of the five o'clock hour. I wonder if how he feels about how much uh, the Jazz were portrayed. Uh, we talked to Booner yesterday, and you and I both agreed on this uh, on Monday that the Jazz were almost that story was almost undertold or was undertold. I wonder if Coach Chiesa feels the same way. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it was about Michael Jordan uh, from uh, the Alpha and Omega. I mean, and I think a lot of the other opponents were sort of undersold as well, except for in the case of the Jazz. I mean, they they were in the finals those two years, and uh, so you would expect maybe... I, I think you enhance Jordan's story by telling the Jazz story as well, because he led his team 45 points in Game 6, Jake. Yeah, I mean, against that Jazz team, that was one heck of an accomplishment. So you actually build up Jordan more by building up the Jazz. So that that could have worked to the advantage. But I, I don't know. I just get the feeling that uh, the spotlight mm, just would not turn away from, from Jordan for too terribly long. I know, but what part of the Jazz story did they really tell? What, that, that uh, Michael Jordan got poisoned and that uh, he hit a shot over Brian Russell twice? Well, <laughs> that was pretty much it. Malone got the MVP. Yeah, there was a, a little bit there. Sure, I, uh, I don't know. They I just, had John Stockton, who was interviewed uh, in a brief way, and I was going to say, kind of. Was, Chris wasn't he? Mannix pointed out that Stockton looked like he would have rather have been, oh, I don't know, in a traffic jam somewhere. He just drank a cup of poison. <laughs> <laughs> what did they have him on there twice? Speaking, I think so. Did they air two comments, something like that. Yeah, yeah it was not exactly a, a bunch of John. And the yeah, jazz. It was, just like, it was. It was like John was saying, "Hey, will you do me a favor? Will you, uh, you know, will you drive a nail through my thumb?" 
and get me out of here. Because it would be better than this. Yes. I wonder, you know, Gordon, you like to, to play this game. I wonder if Austin would actually drive a nail through his thumb if he earned what John got for that docuseries. <laughs> I, I would think yes. it'd, it'd be in the neighborhood, probably. <laughs> I've got two thumbs. I only need one of okay. them. Okay. First of all, I want to point out that it was you who brought that up and not I. I did. Yes, that was me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, Austin, how much to drive a nail through your thumb? Ten grand minimum. I bet John got 10K for that. Hmm. ESPN's. I, I have no idea. Making it hand over fist for I'll that I'll do it right series. now for 10 grand. On air. Gordon. On air? Yep. Gordon. Through your, through, right through your thumb? Right through my thumb. Gordon, you have Venmo, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. All right, let's do this thing. Well, I, n- I never use it. Uh, I have Venmo, uh, other, too. Others do, use it. Do you have 10K in the Venmo right now? I'm not going to pay for Austin to har- See, See, here's the difference between you and me, Jake. I, I care about Austin, and I don't want to see him come to harm. In any way, shape, or form. Uh-huh. So my, my main concern is with his welfare, right. not my bank account. It's, it's his welfare. And that's I don't really well see shown it. on the show. He thinks he wants to drive that nail through his thumb, but he really doesn't. No, I don't want to, but I want 10 grand. Right. <laughs> and so if it's not 10 grand, what would you pay for me to drive a nail through my finger? Okay, so I guess let me say it this way. If you want 10 grand... What, which would you rather do, drive a nail through your thumb or go get a job like uh, delivering uh, something in the evening after the show? What? Yeah, like, what are you, you like, asking? Poisoning pizza? Or? No, you could, you could earn ten grand by doing that, and then you wouldn't have to drive the nail through your thumb. Yeah, that's, that's a lot more time away from my family. I drive a yeah, nail through it's... my thumb, I go to the doctor, I'm home tonight. <laughs> Done. <laughs> But you ignored my question, sir. How much would you pay for me to do this? Oh, I, I don't, I don't want to see you harm yourself. Would, uh, would, would you drive a nail through your thumb right now for whatever is in Gordon's Venmo account? Yeah, all of it? The, the Monson family Venmo well, account, whatever's in that account right now. So that's not really how Venmo works. Venmo's well, you like to, a debit thing. It's a, attached to your credit card or your debit I card. I thought you had to put money into the, the no. Venmo account. Okay. You don't have to. You can do it that way. As you can tell, my wife controls my Venmo account. Mm-hmm. I think you can do it that way, but most people, it's just tied to their checking account. I see. All right. Would you do it for everything that's in Gordon's checking account? Right yes. Now? Gordon? You can cut my thumb off. <laughs> Take both of them. No, I'm not. I'm it not is checking account, not savings account. Fine. Okay. I'm, I'm. I'm not. I'm not participating in anything where that, that requires Austin to self-flagellate. I don't ever want to hear Austin self-flagellate from you again. <laughs> I think am Austin. I, am is, I using that? Am I using that word right? I don't know, but it doesn't it, make me it feel doesn't, good. It doesn't sound good. <laughs> but see, Austin's willing to do it. Gordon, come on now. Let's see this. Just because a man man is willing to do something doesn't mean that he should do it. Agreed. But for whatever's in that checking account, he probably should. Jake, this is where you as mama and me as papa step in and say, no, son. Oh, I don't want to see it. you got to let your kids live their lives how they want. (laughs) This is not something I want to see. I want to see the smile on Austin's face when his checking account has $10,000 more in it. 
<laughs> Minimum. I, and then I we go this. to Wendover when everything is, I, when the coast is clear. I, I, Put it all on parent, red six. <laughs> as a parent, Jake, uh, you know, what's the saying go? You got to, if you love someone, you got to let them drive that nail through their thumb and then see if they don't bleed to death and then come back. And then you know that your love is complete. That's uh, Maya Angelou, right? She wrote that on a yeah, Hallmark card. I thought I read that somewhere. Did you? <laughs> All right. How's that, how's that really if go? You if you love someone, someone let them bleed them out. Free. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if they come back to you, you're bro- they're broken, right? Something like that. <laughs> see, see, but that's not. I, this is this is where the Austin's vision gets a little blurred. He thinks he wants that, but he really doesn't. I'd like to prove it. I'd like to prove your uh, well, your yours or mine for yeah. a second. Uh, I mean. Austin in the studio, you take like a sledgehammer and put that uh, nail right up on his thumb and just boom. Ah! Ooh, money. <laughs> what what would happen if you didn't get it uh, with one swing? No, that was not. This was driving a, a nail through my thumb. That's right? the thing. It has to go through. Who doesn't get it with one swing? I don't know. I don't I'm know. not the karate kid. I'm not going to. Isn't that the movie where he was burying nails with one swing? What if it takes a couple of cracks to to get that Eh, thing through? There's there's bone in there, you know. Fine. (laughs) You can do it to miss the bone. (laughs) Oh, man. Austin's a regular Ronnie Lott. Just cut it off. Austin has put a pencil somewhat through his hand before. (laughs) That's right. In anger anger over a foul or missed foul on Rudy Gobert. Yeah, he drove a nail through Rudy Gobert and didn't get a foul call. Wait a minute. Okay, explain that to our listeners. They may not have heard that story. No, it's it's easy. There was the, the time where LaMarcus Aldridge ripped Rudy Gobert's arm off of his person, hit him over the head with it, and Kane Fitzgerald said, that, that's clean basketball, and they carried <laughs> right on. on. <laughs> and I pounded my hand on the desk, and I was holding a pencil in my hand, and it kind of stabbed into my palm. So, Is there still a mark? Yeah. Can you get, <laughs> Just to, a little can one. You, can you get to lead poisoning from a... a a lead pencil? I don't think they actually use, like, I didn't get lead this lead pencil anymore, from right? F. F. Fitzgerald. I didn't get it from F. him. F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah. <laughs> this is a modern-day pencil. Yeah, don't they use, like, graphite now? I don't Jeez. think they actually I don't I don't think they It was a feathered use. quill. Well, didn't they ink. used to call them a number two lead pencil? Uh, yeah, That's what yeah. I grew up on. I think the number two, doesn't that, uh, that uh, refers to the darkness of it right like number two it's darker that's why you had to use them i think it's a little heavier that's why the scanner could read it so like yeah. a number two why, pencil could didn't have to be lead per se why, why are most pencils yellow <laughs> um is this a laffy taffy joke because they're afraid of pens or i don't <laughs> nice i like that that could be a laffy taffy joke i'll tell you austin should be a comedian i, I no, agree. he shouldn't all right. Well, hey, we, maybe up on stage you can drive that nail through your thumb and see how the crowd reacts to for that. For ten grand, I'll be there. All right, Gordon, get the Venmo out. <laughs> it's like, look, it's not Let's me. call our guy Keith Stubbs. Open mic tomorrow. <laughs> nail through thumb guy. <laughs> and then you gotta. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not gonna. No, it's just I, I. I don't want you to do that. Do what? You didn't say. I anything. don't want him to hurt himself. <laughs> <laughs> the money, the money, I don't care about. Okay, the money, okay. no. But I, I'm just trying to prevent him self-harm. Uh, How much would you put up for Austin to drink a cup of poison? He just drank a cup of poison! <laughs> 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 a whole cup? A whole cup. Like, a, whole... A, like a, that's the measurement? One cup? Yeah. Like one cup of flour? Yeah. 
that we're gonna have to have a, a few well, commas. Well, I am what kind of poison too, you know? Well, no, I'll die wasn't for my family to have that money. Wasn't, yeah. It was not. It was not the. Uh, okay, so Romeo and Juliet, weren't they? What kind of poison were they drinking? Spoiler alert. Uh, I don't know what kind of po- poison. Was that they... some sort? Was it? Um, what was that? Did they ever name it? It was ye old arsenic, I believe. I <laughs> Wasn't uh, Cleopatra that was from the asp, right? The the snake? Wasn't that snake poison? I have no idea, fellas. See, here's my thing. Here, here, you know. <laughs> here's my thing about, I hate those kinds of tragedies where there's a miscommunication. It always bothered me. It was like, come on. Nope. It's like West Side Story, right? That was uh, an adaptation of Romeo and Juliet, yeah. Yes. It's just like, no. What about the what about the You love him? He loves her? Find a way. What about that weird movie in the nineties with uh, John Leguizamo and Claire Danes? What was that? Romeo plus Juliet? Yeah, that one. The the uh Boz Lerman? The Boz Lerman one, yeah. Leo DiCaprio. Oh, there you go. Do any of, in any of the ro- ro- you know adaptations of Romeo and Juliet do they ever you know live happily ever after, ever make it through that one little rough spot? I, I don't think so, but that's also because I, I believe the play. Don't they? Isn't that how all tragedy plays end? And you that's know, how they get their name: sadness, <laughs> death, and tragedy. And they lived happily ever after is not part of a tragedy. No, <laughs> ah, that's what, I just don't like tragedies. And I guess I don't. Name me another one. Othello. What's a Greek tragedy? What's that all about? Same thing. Death. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Well, I'm trying to avoid Austin's tragedy of having a mangled thumb. He'd get over it for 10K. Yep. That would hurt, man. I think that would really hurt. All I, right. I, I, I don't want to see him. I don't want him to, him to do it. I, I want him to stay away from that. Let's get to the split story of the day. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. I love to play. I, you know, I love to play, um, any, you know, whether it's pickup or whatever. But I also, um, you you do worry about the, the, the portion of it, you know, your family, your kids, and um, those closest to you, your neighbors, uh, you don't want to see anybody hurt or um, anything happen from, from, you know, contracting something like COVID. And um, if there's any high risk involved, you know, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, risk that. So, uh, but I'm prepared. I've been, been working as if we were coming back. So I just, if anything, I'd like to know a direction um, just to, know whether to keep putting the foot on the pedal or you know back off a little bit and uh, and rest easier if we're not playing until the following year following season so i think it just is going to be a a wait and see kind of game and um and i'll be ready one way or another that was mike conley who was made available today on a zoom conference gordon uh, he donated $200,000 to five different communities in response to uh, the cr- uh, coronavirus pandemic, including right here in uh, Salt Lake City, donated to the Utah Food Bank. Uh, but there is NBA news out there, Gordon. The wheels uh, continue to turn a little bit more. I'll read right from Adrian Wojnarowski's uh, story today. NBA teams are expecting the league office will issue guidelines around June 1st that will 
allow franchises to start recalling players who've left their markets as a first step toward a formal ramp-up for the season's resumption, according to uh, sources uh, to Adrian Wojnarowski and Zach Lowe. So you expect to hear from the commissioner on some firm guidelines uh, June 1st. All right. Well, we'll see uh, what the specifics are, and I think that's where just like you heard the concern in Mike Conley's voice, the, the, those details need to be ironed out so that the players can can feel confident and secure, um, you know, operating within those uh, those details and those guidelines. You know, when I was listening to to, uh, to Mike Conley talk there, Jake, he said that he had been preparing himself uh, as though the season would resume. Do you think there are players out there that are panicked right now about the prospect of coming back? Um, or do you think that that's, that's overblown? Because, I mean, most of these guys are young, they're fit, they're athletes, so they live a certain lifestyle that you would expect them to be able to, you know, not be in a situation where you go, man, it's going to take me not two weeks, it's going to take me six. Um, I Well, panic is a really strong word, right? I, I'm I'm – you know, I don't know how many are at, at panic level, but I'm sure most all of them have questions and concerns like I think all of us would going into a situation like that. And that's why these, you know, these uh, plans are, are so very important, just how they're going to to pull it off. Because, yeah, I, I'm with you. You could hear uh, what Mike Conley had to say right there. He certainly has concerns. You know, we all have loved ones and family and uh, in our lives, and we want to behave in the in the best manner that we possibly can. And here's where uh, Adam Silver comes in is he's got to pull it off. He's the one who's got to satisfy everything and create this plan and give it the green light. And you've talked highly uh, throughout all this about Adam Silver and how the how or the way he's handled it. Well, this is going to be his biggest one so far, and they're probably just going to get bigger going forward. But he's got to lay out those guidelines. And if the players and we'll get into this a little bit more in the show, but if the players are going to put their trust in Adam Silver, he's got to he's got to come through. And yes. so uh, because I, if they do it, if they proceed with a plan and, and then something doesn't work out the way we all hope it does, uh, you know, then that that gets. It's bad because it is a, it's a double-barreled thing that we're talking about here. We're talking about players being ready uh, so that they can go out and perform and be healthy and not uh, overextend or hurt themselves. And then you have the, the, the real health issue of can you do it safely? Can you do it in a healthy environment? Can you do it so that the risk is minimized to the point where people do feel comfortable? I mean, each one of these players, so many of these players, many of the players are corporations unto themselves. Right. And they are worth a lot of money. And, of course, there's no putting any uh, price tag on the lives of loved ones. And those those could come into play, too, depending upon what the plan is. And what it's going to look like and who it's going to be affected by it. Well, let's let's get into this a little bit more coming up next, uh, Gordon, because at uh, at four o'clock, we're going to talk to Steve Hummer. He's going to come on and, and talk about this piece he wrote about Tom Glavin, who was at the forefront of the baseball strike back in the 90s. I remember it well. And he, he gave some really interesting comments on the relationship uh, with the players and, and with the owners and, and what's going on with baseball. Well, the exact same thing is going on with the NBA. It just has a very different tone. And I thought Kurt Heelan, when he joined Hanson 
Scotty uh, laid it out there really nicely. And I want to get your thoughts on it, Gordon, because this this now we're moving into the phase of this thing where this stuff is going to matter. How on board are the players and under what circumstance? And let's get into that uh, coming up next, because the different leagues are in a, a different spot with that right now. And I think it's interesting where the NBA is. Okay. We'll get into it straight ahead. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Dave Rose, former BYU basketball head coach. You know, I coached for 36 years at the high school level, the junior college level, the Division One level, and as a head coach and an assistant coach at all three levels. And I never went to work one day wondering if we were going to play games. I mean, I always knew that was happening. These kids now and the coaches, they're in a really unique situation where they don't really know for sure when their games are going to start and if their games are going to start and how their games are going to start. And that would be a really interesting offseason to be a coach says it'll be interesting to see how this plays out catch dj and pk mornings from 6 till 10 presented by wcf insurance reminding you to be careful out there on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show this is the big show with gordon monson and jake scott Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. This is a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80 of the zone. Austin and I, well, and Gordon, too, we were just going back to some uh, baseball memories of the 90s. Going to talk about Tom Glavin coming up a little bit later on in the show. Uh, as, um, uh, as we talk about uh, labor and uh, its relationship with the uh, sport, Gordon, we are seeing uh, different kind of worlds depending on the sport, right? Major League Baseball. Players are uh, are putting up a little resistance, it would appear, because they don't want to go with a 50-50 revenue split. They don't want to set the precedent of splitting revenue at all because they don't do that now, and they don't want to go down that road. So there's there's probably going to be a little uh, a little bit of uh, uh, negotiating to be done there. If it uh, if baseball doesn't happen, I'm pretty convinced it's because of that. Football hasn't really gotten there, right? We don't know what kind of football season in the NFL we're going to see. We don't know if they're going to have to take pay cuts or what the circumstance is there. So NFL has not crossed that bridge. And the NBA now is crossing that bridge or preparing to do so, Gordon. And I don't know. I want to get your take on this, and then we'll we'll hear from Kurt, uh, Kurt Heelan. But it doesn't feel like – it feels much more like the NBA and the Players Association are on the same page, no? I, I get that same feeling. Uh, there are – you know, in when I read uh, the Glavin article, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about the welfare of the players, uh, not just the uh, economic aspects to the whole thing. And as long as you've got that, then the players might have some legitimate concern that won't alienate the fans as much because I think they can relate to that better than they can to arguing over a 50-50 split. But in the NBA, it, it, I, 
I don't know if this is a fair thing to say, but it, it certainly in the last couple of years, it seems as though the environment is healthier. And because of that, it seems as though it, it, it could potentially go a lot smoother. Well, a big part of it, and uh, Kurt, I, I thought, brought up some really good points, but a big part of it, Gordon, is there's not really a precedent the NBA players are fighting against like the Major League Baseball pre- players right. are. You uh, know, if there was some line in your life, Gordon, that you uh, you know, said you would never cross – and some extreme circumstance comes up that uh, that encourages you to cross, you'd be a lot more hesitant if you'd never done it. You know what I mean? Maybe that's a terrible analogy, but the well, players I mean, uh, vowed not to do a revenue split, and they're going to hold mm-hmm. firm because that's where that's a core value of theirs. Whereas the NBA crossed that line back in what ninety? Was it that work stoppage in uh, in ninety eight? Yeah, I don't even I I don't remember the exact uh, time when that was put implemented the way it was, but a fifty fifty revenue split is a salary cap. Yes, it is one hundred percent, and they don't want to do that. Yeah, and the, as you said, the NBA is operating with that for quite some time, and I the difference in my memory from what happened, what has happened in some of the labor stoppages in it with baseball is. That it seems as though the NBA in the NBA the star players seem more united in finding a way to get it done, and th- those 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 guys are powerful. It would have been interesting to see what would have happened in baseball back in the day if if all the star players had aligned themselves in opposition to uh, Miller and and what was going on with the with the uh, players union. That, that that would have been a different story, I think. It is easier for star players to whip votes. I'm I'm with you. I think that that is certainly a factor. And if uh, if say LeBron weren't on board, that would be much more of a hurdle than say if Tony Bradley's not on board. So right. I, I think you're I think you're right on the money there. Here's though what what Kurt Heelan had to say. He's from Pro Basketball Talk, NBC Sports. I thought he had some really interesting thoughts. It's who Adam Silver is. He is a, I will call it a modern CEO as opposed to a David Stern model that, that was the model for CEOs for a long time where it was very top down. It was very almost dictatorial. He's a consensus builder. He has wanted to get everybody on the same page. He has wanted to make this an us thing. And so that that has paid off. And like you said, he has the backing of social causes and the support of player empowerment. And, and by the way, I don't know how much he could have stopped it, but the support of player empowerment and their, their rights, that does go a long way and towards it. Whatever happens here, there will be people unhappy. There are players who do not want to come back and who do not feel safe about coming back, even in these bubble environments and as safe as they can make it. There are owners taking baths that are going to continue to take baths. There are players who are going to make less out of this. He's going to have to expend that capital, but he has built it up and he's built up enough trust that everybody's like, all right, it's amazing when you listen to people. Everybody's like, Adam will make the best decision is kind of just this mantra. Like, we just trust that he's going to do what's best for everybody and he's built up enough capital where people are going to go along even if it causes them a little pain they're kind of in for the good of the game at this point i thought that's that was an interest yeah sorry go ahead interest, that's an interesting concept because that puts even more pressure on adam Silver. it does it absolutely does but it's also good leadership i think right and and making these decisions you want to you want a good confident leader 
And I think he has um, uh, done a lot to gain the trust of, of players. And I think he has been fair when handling situations. And, you know, maybe maybe it matters with this uh, this situation and maybe it doesn't. You know, maybe if the owners came more aggressively after uh, uh, after pay than they have already. Uh, maybe it would be a different story and all that goodwill wouldn't matter at all. But it seems like it's paying off in this circumstance. And his I, I found it fascinating, Gordon, him comparing the kind of modern CEO type, comparing how Adam Silver does things to how David Stern does things. And credit Stern because he set Adam Silver up to be the nice guy, right? Because Stern had that bad lockout where he really went after a um, bigger share of the pie and was kind of the bad guy with players. And then Silver could just come in and say, hey, I'm great. Well, now those <laughs> relationships are, are – I mean, that's going to be – it's going to be a big deal whether Adam Silver succeeds here or not because if the players put their trust in him, Gordon, as you said earlier, he's got to come through. Well, it's, it's kind of like one of those situations where somebody who over a long period of time uh, proves himself to be wise – proves himself to have really good judgment and to be trustworthy. And uh, you can have 10 years of that, and then you make one egregious error, and it all gets flushed down the yeah, toilet. it's all gone. I mean, it gets ruined inside of one decision. And I, I feel like that's sort of the situation here with Adam Silver. He has to make the right decision, and I think he has been very deliberate in his uh, his overall course here uh, to uh, to get it right the problem is that there is this, these unknown factors involved that uh, you don't know what's going to happen if yeah. and so but anyway certainly yeah that environment has been created where I think they are in a much better place than baseball but see now now sports they have to handle this delicately because you know, Gordon, some of these sports could really punch themselves right in the face, right? I mean, if if baseball is a no-go this year because the owners and the players can't get on the same page financially, and Tom, uh, Tom Glavin talked about this a little bit in that in that piece, that's a that's a huge disaster. You know, you've you've talked about how the the parallels between World War II and this aren't necessarily direct, and and I totally agree. But can you imagine if there was no baseball during World War II because the players and owners were bickering about how much money that was actually left over? Imagine what a signal that would send. I mean that. Well, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't send a great signal, but the owners were kings back then. It was and different. They could, dic- they yeah. could dictate the terms, and so it was easier to look united because nobody had a choice. No, I agree. I'm, I'm more just saying, like in the middle of that, if because we all look back on baseball so fondly for that, right? They played through it. You've written about this, and and but can you imagine, oh, did baseball take time off during World War II? Yeah. Oh, was it because they had players drafted? No, no, they they were bickering about how much revenue to split. <laughs> it just sounds so ridiculous, right? I mean, well, I think... yeah, when you got people in dire straits, right? Exactly, but, but, exactly. But let's, think, let's think about that for a second. What would it would it have been like if Babe Ruth had felt empowered the way the modern ball player, the way the modern star is? I mean, Babe Ruth was hitting more home runs than the rest of the league combined. Can you imagine that what it, the power he would have been able to hold in his hands uh, based on performance? I mean, that, that would almost that would have been curious to see how that would have gone. Actually, you know, 
Well, I don't know. Didn't he have – he probably had a fair amount of power to begin with. And plus, didn't he just do whatever he wanted? Wasn't that a Babe Ruth thing? <laughs> like, I'll eat hot dogs all day if I want and drink beer. Didn't he just all do I know anyway? is his uh, performance relative to the players around him league-wide was – there was such a gap that it was – I mean, that's funny to think. And believe me, if, if Babe Ruth were doing today what he did back then in relative terms uh, – he, he may have single-handedly been able to uh, make decisions for Major League Baseball. Right. But I think, I think uh, to the point, I think the, the danger of mishandling this is, is, you know, kind of bad from both sides. Like, sports need to get this one right. There's a lot of pressure on, on what to do, how to do it, and right down to how much revenue you can actually well, salvage. Well, it's, it, it, you're right. You're right. And this gets back to our conversation yesterday. The, the right decisions need to be made because if the wrong decisions are made and the thing turns south, especially from a health standpoint, especially there, if there are b- bad things that happen and there are horror stories that, that result on account of these decisions, oh, my gosh, I just uh, that that may set set things back for a long time. It's like you, the, the players have to be healthy in order for this thing to be restored to some degree of normalcy. So how do you ensure it? It's, it's tricky business. It definitely is. And it's, it, it is a, a really, really big decision and a, and a, and a huge responsibility. Want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. We'll have what's going on coming up at the 3 o'clock hour. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, the Zone, and the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for the band of the day, which is Grand Funk Railroad. <laughs> brought, uh, selected by me, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets to get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. You like Grand why, Funk? Why, why GFR today? Uh, I don't know, Gordon. It's, it was my turn to pick, and it... Just jump to the top of my uh, brain. Let's get a little oh, grand, right, yeah. grand funk railroad going. What do you think? That brings back fond memories for me. For yeah. example? Oh, just just that period in my life. Oh, okay. N- nothing, no particular fond memory, just, no, not just one in particular, around that no. time? No, I don't. <laughs> okay. are, are you one of those guys that when you hear a song, it takes you to an exact anecdote? Uh, some songs. I mean, what was it? Give me one example. Uh, like your wedding, or maybe a song at your wedding. But I mean, what, what, yeah, wedding's a good one. Like childhood. 
Oh, yeah, all sorts of, uh, of memories from uh, childhood associated with music, right? With one, one particular memory oh, you or know just what? a period uh, of time? I'll tell you a song that I do not like uh, that I associate with my entire senior year of high school. Is that, uh, what's, is it Green Day? I hope you had the time of your life. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Good riddance, I think, is I the mean, name of the song. I every, mean, like, every high school video or dance or whatever had that song constantly. But, see, I think that's unfair of you to blame the song. It's not the song's fault it's being overplayed. It's, it just is the low-hanging fruit, right, for something yeah, like, like graduation. And that's when it was popular was when I was in high school. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's it's an okay song, but it just seems like, hey, what song should we put under the senior slideshow? <laughs> yeah, but could, could nobody else have thought of something else? You know what I mean? A long time ago, my daughter made a video, my oldest daughter made a video of, it was like a CD of, of uh, a family uh, kind of collection. And she had many, many songs in there, probably 10, 15 songs. And uh, I think that may have been one of them. See, so See brings, you associated it a, with it, too. It brings a tear to my eye, not, uh, not anything negative. Well, it, 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 uh, it, it inspires different emotion in me. How about I, I put it that way? <laughs> All right. I, I associate the song Feliz Navidad to my time working at Sears. <laughs> Because during the during the Christmas season, it just played over and over and over but again. Why Feliz Navidad? Why why not White Christmas or uh, uh, I'll be home for Christmas or you know, one of those? There's a lot of them that I, I suppose remind me of Sears, but that that particular song played the most. I think at least okay, that's the one I noticed the most. So so let me ask you this question then, Jake. Okay, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, and it has no connection to anything specific to you. But what do you do? Do you have advice for, let's say there's somebody out there who is now like you, happily married, has a wonderful wife, a beautiful bride, a wonderful child, a, 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 a great place to live. Your, your life, you got a good job. You're, everything is going good for you. But when you hear a song, it takes you back to another woman. <laughs> to another woman? To another woman. Like, did I have what, a song what? with another woman? Is that what you're no, saying? No, I mean, just to... Did uh, I have no, a Stevie you know, make-out I mean, sesh at the uh, point? Well, I don't mean necessarily... Okay, okay, Chester. <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, for whatever reason, that song takes you to an individual. Uh, but now, so when you hear the song now, what, what, are, you, what are you supposed to do? What do you exorcise uh, that from your thought process? I don't know what to tell you, Gordon. That's actually not a particular problem with me. Oh, come on. There has to be some song that reminds you of your high school days and some particular girlfriend or something. Uh, Austin, will you straighten him out? Yeah, there, there's. I, I'm one of those people that I, I, I could probably associate a song with every big moment in my life. So I know, Jake, he's got to have one or two. But but uh, I mean, uh, what do you do, Gordon? You do you uh, wipe that song right out of your life? Do you uh, <laughs> fantasize about another woman every time you hear it? I mean, I I don't know what you're he asking stunts me. Stunts to get as, that artist as, removed from Spotify. Yeah, right. As usual, you're taking it to the extreme. <laughs> me? Yeah. I never do yes. that. <laughs> never. How dare you, sir?
Uh, no, I, I, I really don't know, Gordon. I mean, I like I, I went to a concert with uh, other uh, girls when I was younger. <gasps> I know. How dare you? Right. But I don't uh, know. Like, I went to a Moody Blues concert with a girl once when I was. Of course you did. I'd be like 18. I played with the Utah Symphony. It was pretty cool. I'll bet actually. you were the only ones under 25 there. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know. I, I don't play, know if I play, would give her a thought every time I heard uh, a Moody Blues tune. Did they play Nights in White Sun? Of course they did. How many Moody Blues, blues songs do you actually know? What a beautiful song that is. I hate that song. Do you really? I don't know. I just wanted to play along. It's kind of cool with a, a <laughs> symphony backing. But but I, I don't know, Gordon. Sure. What are you looking for here? No, Does it happen nothing. to you a lot? No, not a lot. But, it, I mean, there are, you know, and I, and I know... If it, it happened to you, it probably happened to Naz, too. And if it happened to Austin, it probably happened to Whitney, too. You know I mean? Every time so. Gordon hears the Macarena, he thinks of Susie. <laughs> <laughs> and what, no. what was? I'd been married for quite some time when the Macarena was going, I think. When was the Macarena popular? Don't indict yourself here. That was like the mid-90s. I thought you were going yeah. to go with the Susie reference. I thought you were going Elton John there. Oh. You know, the Crocodile Rock. Uh-huh. Remember when Rock was young? Me and Susie oh, had so much Why? fun. What? Hey, <laughs> come on! That's the worst Elton John song in all. I like. Oh, I like Crocodile Rock. Yeah, Crocodile Rock. Yeah, it's the, a place. The two, the two I just don't like: Crocodile Rock and Benny and the Jets. No, both great songs. I, I don't. Uh, I don't know if I can come along with you on that. Mm. All right. Like well, when Elton funny. plays Crocodile uh, Rock live too. At least uh, this last time, when the whole crowd's doing the la 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 laws. Pretty awesome. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Your disdain for anybody else's musical take. That's not true. Just disdain. Just, no, I appreciate the fact that you like it. I'm just saying that I don't. I'm not saying that you're weird because you like it. Whatever. No, I just don't like it. I, 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 I think everybody has their own musical taste, and they should have a wide berth with it. You know. Wait, should so. they should have a wide berth with? They should give it plenty of space. But they Isn't that what allowed, wide birth means? No, they, they 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 should be given plenty of space to enjoy what they enjoy, I whether see. anybody else enjoys okay. it or not. I agree. I agree. This is a no judgment zone. Yes. This was a fine segment, fellas. Fine segment. I'm glad we we arrived at a conclusion. <laughs> did we? We've got uh we've got what's going on coming up next. Uh, stay tuned for that. On? We That's have a great song. Mark Harlan was on with uh, Hanson Scotty. We'll play you a clip from that. DJ and PK talked to Brad Rock, and this uh, Brad kind of furthers our conversation, talking about uh, NBA and the players and uh, getting along. So we'll get to that coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone.